Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Thank you, Brian. Right before the book of Psalms is the book of Job. So if you would, turn with me to the book of Job, and we'll read a couple verses. I'll read Job uh, in the first chapter, and we'll read, um, start with, we'll read verse 21 and 22. This is Job speaking, and he said, Naked, and said, Naked came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave. And the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Now let's pray one more time. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for what it means, Lord God, for it, it truly is the lifeblood of our soul. I ask that you touch it, Lord God. Touch us, Lord God. Strengthen us, Lord God. Help us put the thoughts of the day aside, Lord God, to learn of this word. Let it be God and grafted in us, Lord God. We need you. We thank you, God, for what it's going to do. Touch us, God, I pray. Thank you this day. Have your way. In the next few moments, God, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I remember going to church as a young child and hearing stories. Well, I say stories, but we know they're truths. But you hear about David and Goliath, and you hear about Jonah, and you know, very seldom you hear about Job because it's more of an adult character. But still, you know, even I was nine years old when my parents started taking me to church, and, and I hadn't been around TV or videos, or, or I cared literally. I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but I cared literally nothing about playing a video. Um, I had just literally, I have no interest. I look at it like I'm wasting time. But I think the challenge of our children is because I have me. I have, I don't have a problem, but I have to remind myself that I'm not reading stories, that these are real-life events that happen. They are God's truths, and that's why I say our children that has grew up playing games and watching videos and where they think it's just they just live in another world, so to speak, you know, we, you have to set them down and tell them that what the man of God is speaking of is not a game. 
It's not a story you're being told. This is God's truth and it's being told. And the one about Job to me, um, I think Job is almost like the book of Revelation. uh, Especially looking at it from an adult perspective because... Revelation, we just look at it like, man, it's out there. And Job, you just like, why would anybody want to read Job? Man, that's the worst day in this man's life. You know, I don't want to read that. But, and it's been said, and I understand it now a little bit better, but where people said, you know, when you're going through a trial or, 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 or you're being tested, go read in Job. And I say that's only half true. When you're on top of the mountain and life is perfect, you need to go read Job because what's going to happen when it turns over, you don't have to, well, what do I do now? What does God's word, you know, where do, what road do I take now? I'm coming to a, an exit. Which way do I go? Because and if one thing that Job does for me, Job settles it. That the Bible was, for me, that the Bible was not written to a certain time period. Because if you read any of the history of what Bible scholars says on the book of Job, they say anywhere from 3,500 to 4,000 years old is the book of Job. We don't know really who wrote the book of Job. And we don't know the date that it was written. All that I know is here is a man that so longed for God that in the middle of this calamity, that he just said, strip me, take it from me, my faith is not wavering. And I'm thinking, where did this man come from? But look in the mirror. He was just like you. He was just like me. So that's why I say this was not wrote to a time period. This was written to humanity. And we can sit back and try to, you know, say, you know, Poor pitiful me, this was wrote to some giant like Abraham. No, it was not. It was written to us. It was written to people just like us. And the reason that they made great exploits and went through that, because God has certain wills, and and I'm not taking away from that. But what I'm saying is it was written to humanity. It truly was. And we never know. We never know what life is going to deal us. We really don't. You know, we just live. I mean, I'm telling you, my life, I've summed it up. I've said it. Zero to 20 took an eternity. 20 to 40, I just batted my eyes. And now, (laughs) I'm pulling on the parking brake. (laughs) But that's life. That's just life. That's just the way it goes. And and it, it, it just seems like to me, I know I said it to me already a lot, but it just seems like everything goes smooth and something happens and it takes a little while to correct it. You know, and it just, everything has been smooth and then all of a sudden, you know, things just don't, well, I, I'm not as young as I need to be or used to be. And so, you know, it takes a little bit longer to get over this ailment. Well, I'm not being picked on. You know, I might think I'm 20, but the mirror tells a different story. You know, so I just want to talk about Job. And my title is just simply this, Life According to Job. And we can live and life 
has a different meaning to everybody. But what I want to try to point out is the character this man really had. Because living that long ago and just said, do what you will. I, it's truly amazing to me. I know that it was, it was we, me and Sister Rayleigh, was a while without children, 10 years. I really don't know if I'd do that again, but that's another story. But April 29th, 1989, Ty was born. And then a few days after that, May the 10th, 1989, my brother's son was born, Brandon. He was born. And so our sons was really close, only a few days. They played, you know, they grew up together, you know. And we tried as much as we could uh, to get them together, you know, and almost try to treat them like brothers, you know. And, and you, just, you just never know what's around the corner. You just never know. And the day that Brandon turned, uh, no, excuse me, that when he was 16 years old, he seemingly had what my brother thought was a cold that had got progressively worse. So he took him to uh, North Florida in Gainesville. And they, and I'm not making this worse than it is, they put him in an ambulance and told my brother to prepare for his death and took him to Shans at 16. So his world and ours, you know, we're thinking, wait, wait a minute. He's only 16. So, and then a lot, a lot, a lot happened. But anyway, we jump forward to 2013. We're having Christmas. Brandon is there. Um, it just, you know, so many people had prayed for him. You know, we're, we're just trying to... Um, think and and I remember you know that's what God does to us the point that Brother Boyd made one time um, about a, I think it was a minister that said that was a situation like this and then the child lived longer and it's like well that much time longer is the Lord giving you that you would not have had. So that's, you know, how do you convey that to somebody that just lost their child? But that's what I was trying, to, you know, with, with everything that was is in me. It's, it's like when you throw a rock in a pond and uh, where the rock hits, the ripples is greater there. So it's like when something like this happens, those that are closest, the wound is the greatest. And Christmas 2013, we're there. Everything's good. Brandon don't show no signs of anything. Okay? January the 1st, 2014, a few days later, they call us to tell us not that he's sick, but that he's passed away. So I see what it done 
to my brother, and I see what it done to us, and I see what it continues to do to us. So it is just, it's just, you know, it's hard to put into words what people, millions of people has went through. And, but Job, Job had a way about him that I just want to talk about. Turn with me back, or just, I'm still in the first chapter, I just want to read some more verses. In verse 10, this is Satan speaking to the Lord. Has thou not made a hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he hath, listen, on every side? And thou hast blessed the work of his hands. Don't forget that. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and the substance is increased, and his substance is increased in the land. Now, 13. And there was a day. That seems to be the story in Job's life. Everything's fine until a certain day. And then it happens. Verse 13, And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped to tell thee. Okay, and while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven, and it said, And hath burned up the sheep, the servants, and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And on that day, and while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands, and fell upon the camels, and had carried them away, yea, and have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And you just felt like saying, hide everybody else. I don't need no more of this. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house, and behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness, and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and that they are dead, and I only alone am escaped alone to tell thee. Now, in the last two verses of the one that I read. But that's when Job had just absorbed all that information. Everything at this time and day that he lived was taken from him. So he's, he is living with that and... One thing I want you to notice, it is just the first three, the Lord said, you've, or Satan told the Lord, said, you've put a hedge about him on every side. And you notice he was attacked in four areas. So there's four areas that he was attacked in. So he takes this, and the last area is right before, that's when Job really as we would say, just lost it. The cattle, the livestock, the sheep. So what? But don't touch my family. And when they took and tell him of his children, that's when he said, naked came out of my mother's womb. 
And Job said, he made this statement. It has been quoted so much. You know what? I came here with nothing. And I'm going to leave with nothing. And naked I shall return thither. The Lord gave. Satan told the Lord, you've blessed the substance of what? His hands. But Job said, no. The Lord gave. Not that I've earned it. The Lord gave. Now, I wanted to read all of that for just this comment. And the Lord has taken away. Job, right then, in his statement, and you would almost feel he is justified. Lord, the Chaldeans, the Sabines, the wind, the fire. Look what it has done. Job showed enough wisdom and dedication to God. said, God, I was born with nothing. I'll die with nothing. It is because of you I have what I have. And you are the ruler of my life. And today you chose to overrule my life. So it is not them that took from me. God allowed it to be done. And Job showed the right attitude. You say, well, well, Job said that the Lord took it away. He did. God's will was to be done. And Job said right then, God, everything I have is yours, and it is at your disposal. That's what I'm saying. This man, Job, to literally say right then, he was not calling God cruel. Everything Job had, he was telling God right then, it is yours. It's not mine. And that's when he, he blessed the name of the Lord. And the Bible says this. And all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Now, you know, not that I think, well, I don't know. I truly don't know how I'd react. I'm telling you, I don't. I really, really don't. But for this man to go through what he had just went through, and then this verse is attributed to him. In all this, in all this, Job sinned not, nor did he shake his fist at heaven and say, why did you allow this to happen to me? Job didn't do that. Job did not do that. And then at this time, that's when um, a lot of this was, the Bible says that he had the seven sons, $3, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 5,000, or excuse me, 500 yokes of oxen, 500 female donkeys, many uh, servants, that he was the greatest man in the East. And in a moment of time, they're like, Job who? What, uh, what, what was your name again? I, I, you know, you have no status anymore. What you had is taken away. Therefore, you don't even register on the scale anymore. Because that's the way they registered people is by how much you had. And Job looked at it in reverse and said, you think I am what I am by what I have? And Job was saying what we quote all the time. I am what I am by the grace of God. That's why I'm saying the wisdom that this man showed. He would rise early in the morning. The Bible tells us he would offer burnt offerings for all of his children in case... That they may have sinned. And you know it was thinking. Um, that's why I'm saying. Here is Job. It's, the Bible says his children was living. They didn't live in tents. They lived in houses. So apparently they had their own house. 
they're not in his house, so he has still got the love and appreciation for his children to offer burnt sacrifices for them. And they're not even in his house. Just in case they may have sinned. I'm telling you, he still had the love for them even though he wasn't looking eye to eye at them. So that's why all of a sudden, that shows you the love that he had them. That's why the devastation when he said, you know, the wind has come up, it's clapped the house, and they was destroyed in this. That's why it hurt Job so bad. And a lot of people, and I just really and truly, with his wife, I, I just I just really don't have a, you know, for everything. Them was her children too, and his wife has been bashed a lot, and I would not approve of what she said, but all I'm saying she had grief in this too. She did. She had grief in this too. And, but what I'm saying is this. From everything that was stable in his life, including his spouse, was gone. But yet he retained his integrity. I'm telling you, that is amazing. That is amazing to me that take it all away, take it all away, even the children that he loved, the wife that he loved, and yet he says, you know what? God's still God. I love him. I will not say nothing against him, no matter if, if the cupboard is full or if that baby's bare. It don't matter. I still love him, and he did. The, the truth of the matter is, Job was tried because he was righteous, pure and simple. I believe that. He was tried because he was righteous. Sometimes we are good. Sometimes the good suffer. A lot of times the good suffer because you have an enemy. You have an adversary that is literally warring against your soul that's trying to do that. And when we're in pain almost, sometimes we can think, Lord, you control You control everything. Just tweak this little bit right here. And then I wouldn't feel nothing. You know, I have, uh, if I have been, um, I started to say plagued, but I'm speaking of Job, so I want to tread lightly here. <laughs> but I have had headaches, migraines. And sometimes I just think, you know, and I, you just wonder, Lord, would you please heal this, <laughs> please heal this headache? And, but, you know, God's God, regardless of what happens, you know. And I was pro I'm probably doing that from a selfish point of view, but God is God. Now, you can't, as in Job's case, you can't look at someone or even Job and I believe what really hurt Job is because even his friends looked at him and was like, you know, you're the reason this is happening to you. Man, that had to hurt. You know, you know and we, we've said it, we've said it. He knew it was happening, but he didn't know why it was happening. We read the book. We understand that this great conflict was going on. And is, is probably to us, that's being in America... You know, 
the commercialization of America, that's one thing that hurts us the most. You know, we want to go to court, first thing. They did this horrible crime, but we got to first we got to figure out the motive of this. So if something happens to us, you know, I want to know the reason. Why did they do that to me? And if I take that to my spiritual self, you know, this has happened to me, God. I think I need an explanation. <laughs> well, dream on, baby, because it ain't happening. If he didn't tell Job, Kenneth don't stand a chance because it ain't going to happen. I mean, if anybody ought to know why this was going on, it would have been Job. And that's me. So, sure enough, I mean, he experienced so many blows against him that, that happened to him and then just could have hurt him. And through it all, the Bible says that he literally remained, retained his integrity. Now, evil comes to all of us. Just because we're Christians, we're not exempt where the enemy is going to fight us as we live, resist. But literally, every day as we live, what we're doing, we, we just go through life. We just, I've said it, I believe this with all my heart. We live in 24-hour cycles. But what we're actually doing from the spiritual side, we are preparing for eternity. And I don't want to get so caught up in living life that I forget that. You know, because um, it's, life goes on. You just, it's like you wake up and, man, how did I get from there to here? You know, what happened in between? You know, and I, I just wonder, I mean, the Bible says, I didn't read it, but you can read it if you want to. That Job's friends, when they come to him, this is so sad to me. His friends, they came, and the Bible says when they seen him afar off, that he was so, he had just shaved his head. He had tore his garment, and it, the, the boils on him, and he was just, they didn't even recognize their close friend. They seen him, but they didn't even know who he was. And that's why the Bible says that they came to him. And as a custom was, when somebody was in pure grief like that, you just didn't go up to him and start talking. Well, I'll tell you what I'd do. What you would do is not say a word. That's why the Bible says that they came and they sat down and was silence. For seven days and seven nights. But when you read that, here is their friend that is in so much pain and agony that they didn't even recognize who he was. And they sit down, and then Job goes from that. And then when they start talking, you know, are you sure you hadn't done nothing, Job? I'm sure Job wishing he, he was well so he could took a swing at him. But they're going to comfort him. And, you know, that's where the Job comes in as Job's comforters. But they did the right thing of sitting there and not saying a word. Just as Brother Boyd was talking about, the man that was just there. They didn't say nothing. 
They just offered him comfort. And as heart-wrenching as it was, they just offered him their presence and their tears. And that's what he needed. I mean, that's what he really needed. The Bible says that he was blameless and upright. He feared God. He turned away from evil. That word is, was also used in speaking of Noah. It implies that Job was a man of integrity and that he is this character was affirmed by God and which was attested to the character before Satan when they were speaking. Job was upright. He didn't uh, deviate from God's standard of righteousness. The two terms blameless and upright indicate a peak of moral perfection. So here is this guy that has all this and he still totes a close margin when it comes to God's rules and standards. He still takes it right. Knowing this, that's why I say that's what's amazing to me is that Job had the wherewith about him in essence to say, God, you own it all. You rule me. And today, if you want to overrule, I'm okay with it because that's what's happened. But what really happened is that, as we would say, he took it all. He took it all. Now, the Bible says Job turned away from evil. He didn't create it and set his own rules, but he lived to those rules that God had set. Job did. Now, many people today think they can set their own rules for their standard of life, but they can't do that. Now, you just you can't just attempt to just make your own rules by just attempting to just satisfy your own desires because what happened is you become captive to your own passions. So Job is taken. He believed God. Through the trial, he believed God. And after the trial, he believed God. That's why he was so much uh, invested in Job. His wealth permitted him to live in luxury, I guess you would say, for that time. He, they, they did. They gathered from time to time to have feasts. And that is why the Bible says that the sons and the daughters would go from house to house. They would eat and drink and, and so forth. But as Job, one of the things that got me, though, is Job, his children was gone. Job just didn't assume, as we would say, that his, parent, that his children was going to be saved just because they was gone. He still showed an interest it, you know, it wasn't like, you know, they're grown, they're adults, as we would say, and they're gone. So I've raised them in the church. So they got to make it. Well, true, they got to find and have a relationship with God themselves, yes. But Job hadn't forgot. He said, in case they've sinned, you know, he can't offer their, their forgiveness for them. But Job wasn't letting it go. Job kept their names before God every day, saying, you know, Lord, don't forget my children. Don't forget my sons. Don't forget my daughters. He was doing it. Just because they was out of the house, they wasn't out of his mind. So he was letting it know. He was letting God know. Now, 
Job, the people looked up to Job. They respected him. Job, I don't believe, was seen as no kind of hypocrite because of what he had. That I think that one of the problems come in is when his friends come, they offered their support, but where the problem, or this is just me, but I think where it went wrong, maybe it was good at first, but trying to explain why it happened to Job. And that was to never be revealed. And, you know, you just, I would try to talk to my brother. And, you know, I said, you, you get in the what is, and you drive yourself crazy. I'm not kidding, you know. And you just, and because, in all seriousness, I think if you get in the what is, and you don't stop that, it will result in blaming God. Because what if, what if, you know, well, and you know, God, you're God. I mean, this would not have to happen if you'd have done this. And then if you don't get control of that, you know, God, you're God no matter what happens. And I'm to accept it. You know, you're sovereign. You're sovereign. And it's just thinking how that they could, you know, counsel Job to reverse this situation. And they they just didn't know what was going on, but. You know, I'm, I would think probably their motives was right. But they was just trying to help. But it, it, it just, you know, I, I don't see how Job took it. I don't. What if all that happened and somebody was telling you that, you know, but you went wrong, you know. That'd be hard to do. That would be hard to do. Now, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, man does not know his time like fish that are taken in an evil net, like the birds that are caught up in a snare. So the children of man are snared at an evil time when suddenly falls upon them. You just go, like I said a while ago, you just go and all of a sudden <laughs> life changes on you. We witnessed the, uh, the devastation of what happened and then... You can, and what made it so bad about Job, because you can see people that has went through tornadoes or something or a fire or something, and then you see people, but I have my family. We're all okay. You know, Job couldn't even say that. You know, he, he had lost that, and he's stripped of his wealth. He's, he's, he's mourning for his children, and then even the injury that that the adversary put on his skin is just what he had to go through is just the intense physical pain that he had to deal with and then here Job searching for the Lord and I'm telling you he had to be thinking Lord what is going on all of a sudden I have all this um, I would I will say wealth I have all this security so to speak and then look at me now I'm sitting in a bed of ashes with sores all over me and I just don't know where it went wrong. And the man didn't have no idea what an inspiration he was to be to so many millions of people of what he would do. But he just didn't know why it was happening. God is sovereign. He's on the throne despite everything. Now, truly, 
God does not permit anything to come in our life that will not bring him glory and strengthen us. And we have to tell ourselves that and we have to make ourselves believe that because that is true. That is true. So, but God did not find fault with Job. Satan did. And Satan is the one that put the challenge to God. He's the one. He's the one that's always, always putting out the condemning against God's people. He's the one that slandered. There's nothing in Job's life that God, as far as I know, condemned. Satan's accusations continue throughout the world. They still are even now. Revelation 12.10 informs us that the devil accuses the saints of the Most High of God day and night. You think he's silent about you? He's not. You know, he's, he's got it going all the time. Now, he said it like this. Does Job fear God for no reason? You've put a hedge around him, all that he has on every side. You've blessed the work of his hands, possessions. He's increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all he has, and he will curse you to your face. The accuser says the only reason that Job worships you is because of the benefits he gets from you. And we'll see the result of that. His three friends continued to say to Job, you are suffering because you have sinned. And that had to be a blow. Here not only is he trying to do everything within his power to keep himself right, but he's offering the burnt offering and the sacrifices for his family. And then his friends is telling him, you know, you're the reason all this is going on. And he still retained his integrity. But in their effort to fix Job, it just, it just didn't help. The primary reason, I think, for Job's suffering was to shut Satan's mouth. And that might be a crude way to put it. But Satan is the one that put these accusations to God. So what God did, he proved that man would worship and serve him with everything or with nothing. And Job proved that. So he took and Job proved this. He clung to his integrity. Now, at his time of testing, it, it was difficult, if not impossible sometime. But we always claim Romans 8.28. But in these kind of circumstances, it's a lot harder to live out. But the Bible is true. The Bible is true. We make and see no good and literally say it sometimes. Nothing is going to come out of this. Nothing good. What I'm in right now, there's nothing good. And that's through human eyes. And we can't look at it through human eyes. We have to try to look at it and say, God, I don't understand this. I don't know what it's doing. I don't know who it's affecting. But only God can take a little mess and just use it to bless someone, even bless us, you know, as he did. I mean, only God can do this. Now, we are not literally to be here forever. This world is not our home. The Bible says that he didn't spare his own son, speaking of the Lord. And I believe that to mean he spared not his own flesh. 
his flesh. You look at Jesus, the way he was crucified, the horrendous way he was done. The Spirit spared not the flesh. So where do I stand? Do I have a right? When I'm thinking, you know what? I would like this to be a little bit better. Well, the Bible says he spared not his own flesh. I sure don't have the right to sit there and whine about what's going on with me because Jesus told us he spared not his own flesh. He spared not. So therefore, no matter what it looks like, I got to trust God. He is working literally. We don't like to think this way, but through the pressures of life, God is going to make us what we've got to be. And it's not going to be because um, it, it's just a test is for one purpose, and that's to see what you're made out of. And we don't like to take tests. <laughs> I'll be the first one to raise my hand, but we got to. Now, we do this, we know, get to heaven, it's a walk by faith. Job arose, he tore his robe, shaved his head, fell to the ground, and worshipped. And that's why he said, I came here with nothing, I'll leave with nothing. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. All heaven, and if you'll just excuse me here, all heaven and hell watched as this was going on. Because the enemy had made a challenge. And God said, just watch this. My servant will stay true even with nothing. And he did. He arose, tore, shaved, fell, and worshipped. The Bible says he did this. Even the death of his children, that's what, that hurt, that hurt, that really did. And we see this of Job. And one thing about us as Christians, God does not expect us, I believe, this is me, to just, if you're in the middle of something, to just act like nothing is going on. You do, I believe we do not have to, like he said, don't be like the Pharisees, you know, and just have the face where, oh, you're fasting. I said, no, wash your face, you know. Don't appear, be fasting, but don't appear like you are. But we see from Job what it, what it done to him. But yet the Bible says he was perfect and upright. We're just humanity. We're just frail humanity, and life is going to affect us. It's when I stand up and say, you know what, I got this. That's when life is going to knock the air out of me. The only way I got this is if the Lord is holding me. Because I can't do this by myself. I'm telling you, I can't. I cannot do this by myself. That much I do know. I need God. I really need God. Now... What Job did was good. The Bible says it's truly, we brought nothing into this world, and we will surely take nothing out of this world in First Timothy. Job did not charge God wrong or do nothing wrong. 
I want you to stand, if you will. I want to read one other verse. We have heard this a long time in... I don't know if you're going to believe what I'm fixing to tell you, but I'm telling you the truth. Um, in in first in Job, the first chapter, the eleventh verse, where he says this: "This is the adversary talking to the Lord. Put forth thy hand, touch all that he hath." And he will curse thee to thy face. Okay. And he will curse thee. Have you ever looked that up? <laughs> okay. In Hebrew, it means to bless. It literally means to bless. Now, I re researched this exhaustively. I am correct. <laughs> and I don't mean to sound arrogant. I mean, I would not say that if I wasn't. I, I mean, I exhausted myself to make sure I was right. So, and I believe what the enemy was telling God, put forth thy hand and touch all that he has, and he just see. If he will bless you. And Job proves Satan a liar. For he says, and he will curse you to your face. He will bless you to your face. If you take all that he has, he will not bless you. But Job did. Literally, everything was taken from Job. Everything was taken from Job. And then what Job did is he literally proved Satan a liar. The adversary that sits there and points fingers and just say, look at your saints, look at Job. He only worships you by what you give him, what you do to him. Take it away and he will curse you to your face. It means bless. Take it away and he won't bless you. But you know what Job done? He called him what he is. A liar. He called him a liar. And he proved it. He proved it and he proved it the hard way. But I know that is just, I ain't quite got that wrapped around yet. But it does mean to bless. I believe he was telling him, he'll never bless you anymore. As soon as you take everything he's got, he won't do it. But you know what? Job did. He did. Hallelujah. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for what your word is. We thank you for what it means. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. 
or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.